Broadcasting live from the KVXL studios at Liberty Baptist Church in Las Vegas. Freedom is never more than one generation away from extinction. The Frittle Show with Crystal Heath. I've said that we must be cautious in claiming God is on our side. I think the real question we must answer is, are we on His side? Faith, family, freedom. For me, it's very simple. I think we've got to... We've got to get the country back on the right track with the most inspiring agenda. A voice in the desert. Now, here's Crystal Heath. Again, I don't judge people when they come in. I try and serve everybody. I just don't make cakes for every event that's asked of me. I think you ought to remember that it's not just about whether someone thinks something sinful. It's that all of the Abrahamic faiths, Islam, Judaism, Christianity, they all believe that marriage is between a man and a woman. And it's a sacred religious ceremony. So the dignity cuts both ways here. And Jack's dignity is at issue as well in this. So I think it's, it's a broader issue. And there's also a free speech issue here. Um, well, you can support same-sex marriage and still support artists like Jack and their right to create or not But what create. is exactly your belief that prevents you from making that cake? What is it? I believe that the Bible cl- clearly teaches that marriage is between one man and one woman. Uh-huh. But there are other things in the Bible that I'm sure you don't believe. Well, that actually br- brings yeah. you to my question, because yeah. one thing that's always confused me about this is that in the Bible it says many things if you read it. And I was raised in the church, and it says, you know, do not lie with a man, one lies with a woman. But it also says don't judge others. We're not the final judgment. It also says love thy neighbor. There are a lot of messages in there. How do you reconcile in your own spirituality which ones to go with? Because in my mind, whether you believe in it or not, you should definitely not marry a man. <laughs> but if someone else does, it's not my place to judge them because God will ultimately judge them. I'm not judging them. I'm not judging these two gay men that came in. I'm just uh, trying to preserve my right as an artist to decide which artistic endeavors I'm going to do and which ones I'm not. Um, there are other artistic endeavors that have no relation to same-sex couples at all that you decide. I just want to be clear about that. Sure. There's other things that you, these yeah. are, they, they're not related what are the other, to, yeah, what are to the other marriage. What types or? of cakes that you won't make? Okay, I won't do cakes for uh, adult-themed parties. I don't do cakes adult for Halloween. Adult-themed parties? Okay. Yeah, uh-huh. uh, Halloween cakes. I don't do anti-American cakes, something that would be disparaging to somebody. I'm not really sure if there's a... Do people know that when they when they walk into the bakery, or would you? Even as difficult as it is yeah. to just tell you now, no, yeah. it would be impossible. What if to, I want to? Clan came in and they wanted a cake. You know, they're having a party. They're all dressed up with their yeah. sheets. That sounds like kind of yeah. something that would be disparaging, and no, that. And would you not say happen. no, you would not. That's correct. Uh-huh. I have a question for you too, and kind of bouncing off of Sarah's um, Sarah's question. I know that you're a Christ follower, and Jesus was even criticized by some of his followers for hanging out with the lowest of the low and the mm-hmm. tax collectors and the sinners. Did you ever ask yourself what would Jesus do in this particular situation? Instead of denying them, do you think maybe Jesus? Jesus would have said, I don't accept this, but I'm going to love you anyways. Do you think that maybe would have had a more powerful testimony? It still doesn't answer the question, would he have made the cake? And I don't believe he would have, because that would have contradicted the rest of the biblical teaching. Can you speak up just a little bit? Because <clears> I'm, I'm sorry, yeah. I'm they tell me that all the time. So you don't yeah. believe that, I just asked, what, what do you think Jesus would have done in that situation? I, I don't believe that Jesus would have made a cake. You don't? If he'd have been a baker. Oh, come on. But he would have Jesus been Jesus would have made him. the cake. Je- he would have come out. Jesus can turn water into wine. You can do whatever you want. 
can't believe the Joy. Bible and everything, but Jesus, that's the that's a deal breaker. For, Jesus is gonna make the cake. But Joy, <laughs> Jesus wouldn't contradict his teachings, first of all. Second, I'd like to broaden it to, to the fact that even if you support same-sex marriage, yeah. um, Joy, I, I have a hunch, maybe I'm just wrong here, but that as a Democratic speechwriter or that you wouldn't yeah. want to write a, a speech right now advocating for the GOP health plan or saying I, Donald I, I Trump is the best They don't understand it. How do you think I would ever. be able to? <laughs> These laws, the same laws that force Jack to design custom expression will force you to speak messages that you don't want to speak. All right, so that is a conversation happening in America. That was this baker from... Uh, What's his name? His last name is Phillips. I'm trying to find his first name here. Jack. Jack Phillips. Jack Phillips in 2012, he turned away a gay couple. He would not make a cake for their wedding. And this is a clip. He and his attorney went on The View, uh, I believe it was yesterday, and had a conversation about this issue. And it's very interesting. The whole clip of their segment together is about 12 minutes. Obviously, we can't play that all on radio for you, but I did want to take out that snippet. I think if you do have time, it is worth your time to go and watch this because it's very interesting to see this conversation, to see what all is happening here. There, there are, I wa- I've watched the whole thing. Um, and he goes on to talk about how he will serve anyone anything. This couple was welcome to buy anything else that they wanted in his shop. This couple was even welcome to buy a cake. He just would not decorate the cake for their wedding. They could have taken it elsewhere and gotten that done. And we're going to talk about this first here today. You're listening to The Frittle Show on 101.1 FM Experience Liberty Radio in Las Vegas. Our thanks to those of you tuned in over at the405media.com as well. Great to have you with us. Okay, but so the part I wanted to get to in this segment from The View is kind of the centerpiece of this whole conversation that they're having. And it's a question that was last in what part of the clip that I played for you, and that is, would Jesus make the cake? Would Jesus make the cake? And as Mr. Phillips correctly pointed out, he doesn't believe that he would because he doesn't believe that Jesus could contradict himself or contradict his teachings. And then the view hosts were going, well, the Bible says, don't judge, and love others. It says, sure, it says you shan't. And I thought it was interesting that she quoted uh, the King James Version when she quoted the 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 Old Testament commandment not to lie uh, with a man as one lies with a woman, and then found other translations to talk about loving people and not judging anybody. But what's interesting, I thought, in that part of the dialogue is that this individual, and I don't know who all the View hosts are. I don't follow The View. I don't watch The View. I know who Joy Behar is, obviously, but I don't know the rest of them. Sometimes I do because sometimes they rotate people in and out. But I don't know the rest of them. I don't know who the individual was that was talking about how she grew up in a church. And uh, she'll go on later to talk about how her, her brother is gay and how his church married them. So my thought would be that she did not grow up in a or at least if it's the same church she's attending now, that it's probably not a Bible-teaching evangelical uh, congregation. Based on the fact that that's, the Bible teaches that marriage is between one man and one woman. I, that, that's just what it says. You don't have to like that's what it says. You don't have to agree with it. Because this is America. 
No one's going to force you to, to love the God of the Bible. But that is what the Bible says, and that doesn't change just because you don't like it. But so anyway, so what I found was interesting in what she said, and this is where it comes down to with most people today I find, is that they will say, okay, yeah, we get that the Bible says this about the uh, about homosexual activities, but the Bible also says that we should not judge people and that we should love, and that's that's what I'm doing. And they act as if this is more important or somehow more scriptural or that the verse in the Bible that talks about loving people, which they're not even sure what it is, they just know that the Bible says it somewhere. They're supposed to love people because that's clearly what Jesus was all about. But the verse, these other verses that we don't like, those ones are not actually as important. Like Joy Behar said, she's like, well, there are some things in the Bible that clearly you don't agree with. Well, um, could you could you explain those to me? Because it, this is this is where it comes down to. They pull out a verse that they like and say, this is the one that matters. This is the one that has more credence than the verse that you're using. But that just shows a misunderstanding of scripture. Why is it that our culture has decided, well, we'll accept these verses, but we don't like these ones over here? That's what this boils down to with this argument and just about any other one if you try to present it from a this is what I believe perspective the only way you can argue against a this is what I believe religious freedom case as an individual is to say well this is what I believe and what I believe is more true than what you believe but when you're using the same book to determine what's more true than the other, I'm, I'm having a hard time understanding how our culture thinks this is something that we can do. We either believe the Bible or we don't. And they say, well, you can't because not everything in the Bible can be true because it's contradictory. No, it's not. It's not contradictory at all. The problem is you're not reading the Bible in context. You're not taking it all together. You don't understand how it all meshes and how it all works. You don't understand how Jesus could be all loving and yet also be the same God that said, no, you're not allowed to do this. Because our picture and our view of God is skewed. It's kind of like parenting. You would not be an all loving parent if you didn't set up boundaries for your children. If you let your children just do whatever they wanted, whenever they wanted, without any instruction or correction or discipline, that's not being a loving parent. But that's not how our society views Jesus. And therefore, that's not how our society views God. And we'll get back to that in just a few minutes. But on the, on the legal side of this, what Mr. Phillips' attorney was attempting to explain to these ladies on The View, and she goes more in-depth into this. Again, if you want to watch the clip, you can go watch it. It's on YouTube. It's about 12 minutes long um, in total. But what his attorney was trying to explain to them is that if the state can force this baker or any other baker to make to make a cake that goes against his conscience, it can also force you or I to do anything that it deems we should be doing that is against our conscience. conscience. And that is problematic, to say the least. And by the way, I do find it interesting 
that it is always, always Christian bakers that the ACLU and these couples target. Have you noticed that? Why are why has there never, ever, ever once been a Muslim bakery that was targeted or sued for bigotry and discrimination? Because they're not going to bake that cake. His attorney was right. It's all the Abrahamic faiths that believe this. Steven Crowder, he's a comedian slash news guy, uh, He did an undercover video exposing, actually, I think it may have been several Muslim bakeries that he went to asking for a gay wedding cake, and they all turned him down. But that's never who it is that's that's in these situations. It's always Christians. With their Christian companies that are ending up on The View, that are ending up in lawsuits. How different do you think it would have been if that was a Muslim man sitting on that panel on The View? And saying, my faith won't let me support, quote-unquote, marriage between two people of the same gender. And therefore, I cannot make a cake for them. I'll sell them anything else they want. I'll even sell them a cake. I just won't sell them a wedding cake. I won't decorate a cake for their wedding. If that had been a Muslim... That would have been an entirely different conversation. I'm not saying that it that I'm not saying that it shouldn't be. I'm saying that it should be the same. It shouldn't if it's okay for a Muslim to say, I'm not going to do that because it goes against my faith, then it should be just as okay for a Christian to say the same thing. And if it's not okay for a Christian, then it shouldn't be okay for a Muslim either. But in our, in our pursuit of ultimate political correctness, we become so politically incorrect, like actually politically incorrect, that it's, it's just mind-boggling. And if you watch the video to the end, Joy Behar is like, they, they get to the part about how he's losing, he, or he has lost, rather, a huge portion of his business. Like, the number of cakes this guy sold was just fantastic. And at $500 a cake, he was losing tons of money. Because what he's decided is... They're just not going to sell cakes, period. That's how he's managed to stay in business because he will not make cakes for same-sex couples. And therefore, if people are going to tell him, well, you're going to bake a cake or else, then he's like, well, then I'm just not going to bake cakes. So they've completely removed cake baking from their business. And if you keep watching, you'll reach a point where Joy Behar is like, just bake the cake, like do your job. And I'm watching this thing going... Just go to another baker. There are plenty of places that will make you a cake. I don't understand. I don't. I don't get it. It's. I feel like we. It's like a. It's like I poured coffee on myself. I'm gonna sue the maker of the coffee type deal. Like you can go somewhere else. The whole world isn't discriminating against you. This man isn't even discriminating against you. He will sell you a cake. He just won't decorate it for your wedding. You can get that done, basically anywhere else. Why is it that you have to go after him and destroy his life, or at least attempt to, when there are dozens of other bakeries that would happily do this for you, and you could just go to them? I don't understand that. This case, though, is now going to the Supreme Court. 
Phillips cake, the case of Phillips Masterpiece Cake Shop versus the Colorado Civil Rights Commission. It's going to be heard by the Supreme Court this fall. But anyway, his attorney, his attorney though was correct. She followed up with what Mr. Phillips said by saying that Jesus would not have baked the cake because he cannot contradict himself. But we don't understand Jesus, right? We don't talk about how when the woman was caught in adultery, Jesus didn't say to her, oh, this is, you know what, whatever you, however you want to live, whatever you want to do, it's all fine because I just, I love everyone. And so you just live however you would like and it's fine because I love you. He did love her. And so what he said was, go and sin no more. He called what she was doing sin. He didn't enable her to continue in it, but neither did he say, oh, that's no big deal. No problem. No worries. You're fine. I love you no matter what you do. You can, you can just live life because it's all about love and no judging. That's not what he said. I mean, he went into the temple and he overthrew the money changers. He called Peter Satan. We have this perception that, that, that Jesus was, was loving and not judging and gentle and kind. And he was loving and gentle and kind. But what did Jesus himself say? He said that his coming wouldn't bring peace, but division. We're told that the Holy Spirit was sent to convince the world of sin and of judgment to come. Now, if Jesus was all about love and happiness and no judging, why would he say that he came not to bring peace but division? Our culture thinks that, quote, no judging, quote, unquote, is synonymous with anything goes. And we've moved beyond requiring tolerance to demanding that you embrace the thing that you don't like or that you believe is wrong. It's not just simply a matter of tolerating it. Now you're supposed to embrace it. And I feel, I feel for this man, this baker, Mr. Phillips. He said repeatedly, if you watch the clip, he would serve them anything they wanted. He would sell them a cake. He simply would not himself personally create or decorate a wedding cake for them. That's not judgmental or homophobic, nor does it discriminate. It would be different if he said he wouldn't sell them anything in the store. If he was like, you're gay, get out. You're not, you're not able to buy anything here. That's not what he said. But anyway, I wanted to play that for you because it's a conversation that's happening in our culture today. And I think it's a question that we should all be prepared to ask. And it's a question that you should answer for yourself personally and, and, and be prepared to discuss. Because it's coming this fall when this hits the Supreme Court. This is going to be a big topic of conversation. Would Jesus bake the cake? And Joy Behar literally said that she was speaking for Jesus when she said that he would bake the cake. And by the way, that was coming from a woman who's a self-declared agnostic. In case you're not sure, Google's definition for agnostic is a person who believes that nothing is known or can be known of the existence or nature of God or of anything beyond material phenomena, a person who claims neither faith nor disbelief in God. So, the woman who believes that nothing can be known about the nature of God says she speaks on his behalf on this issue, even though she believes that we can't know anything about what God actually thinks or, or even if he is real. 
that strikes me as a bit um I don't I don't even know a good word, but perhaps self-declared agnostics should think twice before speaking on behalf of the God they say they don't even know if he's real and if he is real, we have no way of knowing what he's actually like. Even though we have a whole Bible that tells us exactly what God is like and exactly what God thinks and what he wants for us. And it isn't it interesting, even people like Joy Behar, agnostics and even atheists, the vast majority of them recognize that Jesus existed on this planet as a person. That is historical fact that cannot and will not be argued or disproved. Now, if Jesus existed, then God exists because Jesus is God, because he himself said so. And not only did Jesus exist in the past, he exists in the present, and Jesus is God, therefore God exists right now. Isn't that fun? Apologetics and logic are just fascinating. 1 Corinthians 15 is one of my favorite chapters of the Bible. That's just a freebie. Okay, anyway, before I start to preach, we should continue on here. I have to take a break in just a moment. So this case is going to the Supreme Court, and honestly, it's about time, in my opinion. I'm surprised that it's taken this long to head that direction, and this is going to be a huge test uh, for President Trump's first appointment in Mr. Gorsuch, not to mention John Roberts. I would suggest that you pray. This is a big one. I... I I am 98% sure that Gorsuch is going to fall in line with what Scalia uh, would have done and would have thought on this case. That said, I kind of wish we still had Scalia for this one because the things that he would write about this would be both literally, literally, no, literary and legal brilliance. But your freedoms of speech and expression in America are on the line with this case You should follow it closely. It's coming up this fall. You should be praying about this. This is a big one. Oh, one more more thing. Let's hit on this before I take a break here. Speaking of the Supreme Court, speculation is growing that Justice Anthony Kennedy may be rapidly approaching retirement. Some had even speculated that he might tender his resignation this summer. It now appears that is not the case, but... We're still expecting him to retire, not only during the Trump administration, uh, but most likely prior to the midterm elections next year. That's kind of a really, really big deal. Um, who was this? Nina Totenberg at NPR. She wrote a piece about uh, about Justice Gorsuch and how he votes 100% of the time with his most conservative colleague, which would, of course, uh, be Justice Clarence Thomas. Uh, but in this piece here, let me see if I can... Okay, so right here, there's a there's a paragraph that's hidden in this whole thing she wrote up about Gorsuch and about his voting record uh, thus far on the court. There's this little nugget that's stuck in here. It says, It is unlikely that Justice Kennedy will remain on the court for the full four years of the Trump presidency. While he long ago hired his law clerks for the coming term, he has not done so for the following term, which begins in October of 2018, and has let applicants for these positions know that he is considering retirement. Did you you catch that? Long ago, his clerks were hired for this term. But the next 
term, which begins October of 2018, which would be prior to the midterm elections. He has not hired any law clerks for that term and has let those that are applying for it know that he is considering retirement. Now, could that change? Could he start hiring clerks and could he stay on? Yes, he could. Because it's up to justices. They can retire essentially whenever they want. You could get appointed to the Supreme Court and two years later say, you know what, I really don't like this, and you could retire. That doesn't, as far as I know, it's never happened in our history. I could be wrong because I don't have extensive knowledge of the entire history of the Supreme Court, but I don't know of that ever happening before. Doesn't mean it didn't, but it just, it would be very unusual in at least my lifetime of Supreme Court justices. Being on the Supreme Court is basically a lifetime uh, role and position, or at least it has been in recent in the recent past. Why is this important if Kennedy retires? Because Kennedy is the most frequent swing vote on the current court. We have nine votes. When it's split 4-4, four, four, Kennedy, who leans right but is moderate, can go either way. He's like a more moderate version of a John Roberts. Actually, much, much more moderate. If you replace the swing vote with a solid vote one way or the other, that could have very long-lasting effects on the court. So we'll see what happens. That's another thing. Uh, you can be praying about as you're praying for our country. And I hope you do pray for our country on a regular basis. I hope you pray for our president and our vice president and our leaders. They need it. And we're commanded, if you're if you're a Christian and you believe the Bible, then you're commanded to pray for your leaders. So I hope that you are doing that. All right. We're going to have some music here. We'll be back in just a few minutes. We will continue on. We're going to talk about the vice president. We're going to talk about former president George W. Bush some other headlines don't go away. Representative Steve Scalise, he is the House Majority Whip. He was the one that was shot uh, during the congressional baseball practice. He has been uh, he has been downgraded. His condition has been downgraded from fair to serious. He's contracted an infection uh, in his wounds. MedStar Washington Hospital Center said he has been readmitted to the intensive care unit, and they are going to update his condition further later today. Uh, He and four others were hurt when a gunman opened fire on a GOP baseball practice in Virginia uh, almost a month ago now. It seems about three weeks ago, which is just, it seems doesn't seem that long ago. Time just flies by. But uh, anyway, he was struck in the hip. The bullet tore blood vessels, bones, and internal organs. He's undergone several uh, surgeries. Uh, we, we've, we've learned that this is not something that they were that they were surprised by. They were expecting him to develop some infections and have some complications, so they're not uh, overly concerned about this infection, Uh, but he is uh, back in the ICU, so you can keep him on your prayer list uh, as well. Also today, very special day for a certain former president, George W. Bush turns 71 today. Fox News has a piece about... Uh, the president, some fun facts about him. He grew up in a political family. You you probably, you know, are aware of that, possibly. I don't know. 
His dad was president. He was a governor. Brother was a governor. His nephew is in politics. There's a lot of Bushes in politics. Uh, his uh, his grandfather was Senator Prescott Bush. He served in the Senate for more than a decade. He is one of only two, like John Quincy Adams, whose father was a president before him. He's an artist. He started out painting family pets and has moved on. His latest is a book, actually, of his paintings. It's called Portraits of Courage. He painted uh, a number of U.S. service men and women. Um, he's a huge baseball fan. He was a managing general partner for the Rangers from 1989 to 1994. He was also an owner of the Major League team from 1989 to 1998. Huge baseball fan. He's also the only president with an MBA. He was an undergrad, graduated from Yale in 1968, but he also attended Harvard Business School and graduated from there in 1975. He's completed a marathon, and he is an animal lover. You... I don't know how you could have lived under the Bush administration and not know that there are two, the Bush's two black Scottish terriers, Barney and Miss Beasley. Uh, Christmas with Barney was one of our favorite little videos to see of Barney at the White House every year. That was always fun. So happy birthday to the former president. Glad to see that he is continuing uh, to do well. And he's, you should follow, if, you, if you're on social media, you should follow the Bush Center on uh, on Twitter and Facebook, it's exciting to see the things that they're still doing. You know, while other presidents travel around the world and talk about the current administration, one of the things that I most appreciated about President George W. Bush is that once he left office, he did not, he said, I'm not going to talk about the current president. He has enough problems and enough issues, and he doesn't need me uh, analyzing what's happening and what he's doing. And so he didn't do that. Instead, what he did was he focused his efforts. They have done all kinds of things in Africa. Mrs. Bush has continued her women's initiative, and, and it's it's really fantastic to see. And I've loved watching what the Bush family has done, the George W. Bush family has done post office. And you should follow the George W. Bush Foundation on social media if you are on social media, because I think you'll be encouraged and uh, just to, to see the things that they're doing. They're doing a lot of good in this world. And I uh, I really uh, appreciate that about the Bush family, particularly uh, President and Mrs. George W. Bush. Okay, so remember, oh my goodness, it seems like months ago now, which it may have been, because as I just mentioned moments ago, time flies. My sister said something very uh, poetic and philosophical last night as we were driving home from church. She was like, right now, in this moment, you are the oldest you have ever been. You're also the youngest you're ever going to be again. Think about it. Think about it. You'll you'll catch on. I thought about it for like five minutes, and then I was like, wait, whoa, that's true. So anyhow, remember the media, they went all crazy when they discovered a 15-year-old comment by the now vice president, by Mike Pence, that he doesn't eat or drink alone with any woman other than his wife. Do you remember that? Do you remember when the media compared him to the Taliban for it and said he was out of touch with America? Well, as it turns out, he's not so out of touch after all. In fact, we now know that the majority of Americans also believe that it is inappropriate for a man and a woman to dine or drink alone together if they're not married. Molly Hemingway had a post uh, in The Federalist 
yesterday all about this. She talks all about the issues, how they said, uh, how he, they, they compared him to the Taliban, said he's basically trying to enforce Sharia law in America and all these different things. Well, there's a new New York Times morning consult poll that's come out. And this question was asked, is it appropriate or inappropriate to have a drink alone with a man who is not your spouse? 60% of women said it was inappropriate. Same question was asked to men, is it appropriate or inappropriate to have a drink with a woman who is not your spouse? 48% of men said it was inappropriate. 41% said it was appropriate. Women were asked, is it appropriate or inappropriate to have dinner with a man who is not your spouse? 53% of women said inappropriate. Same question was asked of men. The majority there also said inappropriate. So, the question I then think is, who is more out of touch with mainstream America? Is it really Mike Pence who says, I'm not going to eat a a meal alone with a woman who's not my wife? I'm not going to have anything to drink with a woman who's not my wife? Does that make him like the Taliban or does that just actually line up with what most Americans actually think? Well, according to the New York Times, which isn't exactly a conservative publication, and their poll, the position held by Mike Pence and followed by he and his wife is mainstream, remains mainstream in America today. You wouldn't know it by watching TV. You wouldn't know it by watching uh, the news, mainstream media news. But this is what most Americans think is normal. Most Americans say, yeah, no, you shouldn't be eating or drinking alone with someone that you're not married to. That would be not appropriate. Interesting, isn't it? It's amazing how our view of America and what Americans think can get so skewed by what we see on TV and how it's not actually really like that, right? It's encouraging to me, actually, to see what things like this and go, hey, look at that. Look at that. I'm more mainstream than I thought. I'm not sure if that's a good thing, but anyway... Do you know where that rule came from, actually? You can trace it back. Mike Pence didn't come up with this, this rule of not eating or drinking alone with his wife. And then there's other parts of it, too, not driving alone with someone you're not married to and different things like that. It, it, Mike Pence didn't create this. As best as we know, the first known uh, public figure... Christian public figure to enforce this type of rules was Billy Graham. And personally, I'm so grateful for the ministry of Billy Graham. My grandparents were saved at a Billy Graham crusade, and my mom was raised in a Christian home because of his ministry. But in his autobiography, uh, Billy Graham wrote about this rule and several others that he and a group of his friends had adopted. And uh, you can you can read about it. It's in his autobiography, which is um, oh, what is his autobiography? Uh, 
Just As I Am. Just As I Am is the name of his autobiography. But he talks about how he and a group of his friends were together in Modesto, California, and they, they created what they called the Modesto Manifesto, and they talked about things that had caused Christian public figures and evangelists to fall. And they'd come up with uh, with four things, and it was money, sexual immorality, attitudes against the local church, and publicity. And they talked about these things, and they made rules related to all of them. And the rules related to uh, sexual immorality was that they pledged to each other that they would avoid any situation that would even have the appearance of compromise or suspicion. And from that point on, they did not travel, meet, or eat alone with any woman other than their wives. So that's where that rule originally came from. Came from well, it's I don't I doubt that Billy Graham was the first person to ever make up that rule, but that's the the first well-known uh, Christian public figure that has been documented as having that rule. So it wasn't something Mike Pence uh, just pulled out of thin air. It's something that has been done among Christian leaders for uh, a very 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 long time. Just a. Just another little extra fun fact for you. All right, let's see. Uh, We're going to play in Christ Alone from Anthem Lights. We'll be back in just a minute to wrap things up for today. Don't go away. And we are wrapping things up for this fertile show on this, uh, I can't remember what day it was. Thursday. This Thursday. (laughs) It is Thursday, right? Yes. Thursday, July 6th. Okay. Yes, it. I, I'm all messed up because while having the 4th of July off was awesome, it made yesterday seem like Monday and now my brain is trying to figure out what day of the week we're on. I uh, hope you had a fantastic 4th of July with your family celebrating our freedoms. And I appreciate you taking time to listen today. If you have any story ideas or any topics you'd like to hear me talk about, you can let me know those on Facebook or Twitter. You can find me at The Frittle. You can also check out our radio pages at KVXL Radio. And be sure to like our, uh, our if you haven't liked our church Facebook page, it's LBC of Las Vegas. And you can actually watch a live stream of our service on Facebook Live on Sunday mornings, Sunday evenings, and Wednesday nights. So that's a pretty great uh, great service if you are a Facebooker. If not, well, you can still live stream our services. Just go to our website at experienceliberty.com. Thanks again to those who tuned in over at the 405media.com. Great to have you with us as well. Hope you have a fantastic day. And let me just mention our thanks to our latest sponsor, Amish Country Gazebos. You can visit them at amishgazebos.com. They make gazebos, pavilions, and pergolas. It's amishgazebos.com. Thanks again for being here today. Join us for church Sunday morning, 9.30 or 11.15. Tomorrow is Friday. Yes, this is the part of the show where I make all kind of random announcements and you're just like, what are you talking about? I can't keep up with all the things. Yes, you can. I have faith in you. Tomorrow's Friday. That not only means it's the last day of the work week for many of you, but it also means that I won't be talking about anything political. It means that I'm going to be telling you stories about puppies and kittens and kites and rainbows and unicorns and all kinds of fun things that you may not hear anyone else and anyone else, anywhere else. That's what I meant to say. And I'm going to be giving things away because it's Friday and Friday on radio means we give 
things away. Hope you will tune in again tomorrow. Look forward to being with you. Then we're going to wrap things up today with Chris Tomlin singing about Jesus. Have a great day. We will see you back here tomorrow. Same time, same place. KVXL 101.1 FM. Experience Liberty Radio in Las Vegas.